0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business of Strength podcast. In this episode, Dan and I are speaking to Mark Bell. Mark is one of the top strength entrepreneurs in the entire industry, and he tells us his amazing journey from being an East Coast guy to moving to California, how he got into powerlifting, and, and, and where the inception for starting his brand came from. He's a true uh, example of someone who turned a passion for strength and conditioning into a real profession. He's now one of the uh, uh top entrepreneurs in the industry and he's you know he's gone from nothing to what he likes to call the meathead millionaire so he's super candid he's super real mark's a great guy he was really awesome to talk to it was great to get his insight as to how he started his company uh the slingshot and sd strong and now it and his gym uh super training gym the strongest gym in the west and all the things he's up to now and his mission went from, hey, let's create some great gear for powerlifters and, and weightlifters to, you know, let's help millions of people live better lives. And, and he's truly inspirational. It, it was a great conversation. You you guys are going to love it. Uh, if you want to learn how to te- turn your passion into a real profession, attend a two-day mentorship with the Business of Strength and we'll teach you sales, marketing, business development and operations you can check us out at strengthentrepreneurs.com. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Varsity House Gym, a world leader in strength and conditioning. Check out their programs at varsityhousegym.com. Mark Bell, everybody. Let's take it away.
1: Welcome to the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business of Strength podcast. I'm here with Mark Bell. Mark Bell is the owner of Super Training Gym, the inventor of the slingshot, and uh, one of the top strength entrepreneurs in the world. Uh, he's been a, a world-class powerlifter and was uh, the star of what, one of the most famous movies ever made in a documentary on training called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. That was actually made by his brother uh, Chris, and uh, uh, Mark was the subject of that. You know, uh, it, following his journey through powerlifting and. Uh, and kind of helped to skyrocket his career and, and move him on to the, uh, uh, let's call it the spotlight. Uh, he's gone on to, you know, write articles, publish, you know, do re- all sorts of stuff. And now he's got one of the biggest equipment companies out there, ST Strong. And uh, we're super excited to have Mark here with us today. It's a you know, wealth of knowledge in, in the training and, uh, and equipment. And we're excited to find out how he turned his passion into a real profession. Mark. Thank you so much for coming on. We're really excited to have you. It's a great, it's a great honor to be with you on the phone today.
2: Yeah, thank you guys very much, man. I appreciate it.
0: Nice, Mark. Can you talk a little bit? Tell everybody a little bit about your background. Uh, how did powerlifting become the thing? It, you, it says here. I'm looking at your bio here. It said that you competed in your first meet at 13, uh, where you you were still here back east when you competed. And how did that? How did that all come come about?
2: Yeah, I grew up in uh, New York, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, kind of upstate, as they like to call it. Even though it's not that far upstate, it's just not New York City, Mm -hmm. so people don't even recognize it as being part of New York a lot of times. But uh, you know, I the gyms I went to um, in the early '90s, everybody was uh, lifting for performance. Really, people people weren't really lifting for aesthetics necessarily. Mm Uh, However, the guys were jacked and in good shape because there was a lot less snacks around. Um, People were drinking whole milk and pounding down steak and potatoes. Um, There wasn't a lot of just junk food. There wasn't a lot of these, uh, you know, kind of weird supplements and stuff around either. And it wasn't just a lot of these uh, fast food restaurants all over the place. So people were pretty jacked. And uh, I just uh, I fell in love with that. I was I thought that that was the way to be. I liked the aggressive style of powerlifting. I liked the challenge of powerlifting. I very quickly recognized that resistance in the gym can be looked at as resistance anywhere. So uh, I've taken that and um, that's kind of been a lifelong motto is. You know, Mr. Resistance is always just waiting around the corner to beat your ass. And, uh, you know, any any time that you can put yourself through something hard, the harder it gets, uh, the better the result. A lot of times.
0: Sure. No question. Then something
2: I something I quickly learned uh, in trying to improve my bench press, my squat, my deadlift. And I was able to build a lot of confidence in that. I sucked in school. And so <laughs> I was able to build myself up. uh I guess from the inside out, but almost from the outside in, because I had these external things, these external goals, um, you know, benching four Oh five or, you know, having bigger arms or bigger chest or stronger legs or, or whatever it was. So that's the way I was able to build things up, hold on for long enough. I think is a real key factor is to sure. be able to hold on and kind of stand the test of time because, uh, Life has a tendency to beat us up, but if you can just keep hanging around for long enough, you should be able to turn yourself into something.
0: Yeah, I think a lot, you know, when it comes to training, there's always, you know, I always say it sounds cliche to some people that from the outside, but if you're in it, you know, the planning, the preparation, the perseverance, and the constant struggle towards bettering yourself is something that's embedded into uh, strength sports. And I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of parallels in life too. Obviously, I don't know any real successful businessmen that haven't fell on their face once or twice or you know what i mean so you you know failure is part of life you know
2: you think about this too you know like um somebody that beats you in a squat and uh you're both 26 years old it's like okay win some lose some you know yeah yeah. but what about when you're 70 and you're still able able to put it hard to the old lady. <laughs> you know who's, yeah. who's 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 winning then. You know, so it's like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different degrees, huh. and as Matt Winning points out,
1: yeah,
0: sure.
2: Uh, you know, he who trains the longest will be the strongest, and so no question. May, maybe you're not going to catch the rhino when he's fifty, but maybe you'll catch him when he's seventy or maybe sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, hopefully, you I'll know, be putting it to the old lady I'm when I'm seventy. Right, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Or even just. Or even just squatting one thirty five,
0: right? That's it, man. Crush you up like six Viagra and ready to go. <laughs> right. So how did that so you started powerlifting at a teenage and then and like I know I know you had gotten into wrestling, so like where was the did you play sports in high school? Were you playing football, or wrestling, or any of that type of stuff? And then you got into the pro wrestling. So kind of where was the go between between high school, going pro in wrestling, and then going pro and powerlifting?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I never uh, actually wrestled in high school or or middle school or anything like that. Um, football was always a passion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, still love football to this day. Like the NFL draft is coming up, I'll yeah, probably watch yeah. like five hours of it. I'm just, I just, I just really do love. I love and enjoy football. Unfortunately, I haven't had nearly the time that I would like to commit to watching football. But I really do love the sport. And um,
0: are you a Giants fan for being
2: back east? Uh, unfortunately I'm a Jets fan, which oh, makes things really oof. difficult because oh. I, know, I, know so I, know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I, I feel bad, I feel bad for myself. <laughs> so are you Jets um, and
3: Mets, Mark? Jets and Mets usually go one in, <laughs> one hand in the other. So.
2: Uh, you know, um, I, I never really liked baseball that much being such a football guy, but, uh, we, we, uh, went to some Yankees games and some Knicks games and stuff like that too, as a kid. Nice. Well, so, the, the, uh,
0: the Jets will probably draft a punter with their first pick.
2: Nah, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I guess they're looking right. at that US, They're looking at that USC quarterback. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully that turns yeah. into uh, the Jets into definitely
0: something. have a shot this year to get a good guy for certain. You know what I mean? They hopefully it works that bad out. For
3: last year, I mean, no. everybody thought that they were going to chalk it up for uh, you know an zero and sixteen year, and they had one of the best seasons they have had in quite some time. So, right. see. <laughs> so so yeah, so absolutely. you made, so
0: you you were football. Did you played football in high school? Was there any thought of playing in college?
2: So, you know, uh, as I was uh, playing football, um, you know, I got two older brothers. They both got me into powerlifting. And Mm -hmm. I was powerlifting and playing football simultaneously. And then also I was in track. I played basketball. I, uh, for a brief period of time, I got into boxing. And uh, when I got into boxing, you know, you learn valuable lessons from trying things out. And uh, that's why I get so excited when somebody, you know, I hear somebody and they say, oh, I'm moving to Georgia and I'm going to try to do this. I'm, I usually get really pumped because sure. I'm like, Hey man, that's better than doing the same thing you're always doing. Like, fuck man. Yeah. Go, go try something. I don't care what it is, but
0: right. It's a chance of a chance bo- to live.
2: Yeah. Through boxing. I recognize that I don't really fit the mold of a typical boxer. You know, they would say, mm. what, what home are you from? And I was like, uh, like an upper middle class home from Poughkeepsie
1: and they meant like,
2: they meant like group home, you know? So I, I, uh, I was a lot different than a lot of those kids. I had a lot of power and a lot of speed. Uh, but I, I didn't have a mean streak, uh, the way some of these guys do, because the way they grow up, you know, but, uh, through, um, you know, through boxing, I kind of was, you know, recognizing, you know, who I was and figuring that out. So, I uh actually trained in the Catskills skills with the Mike Tyson's trainer oh, no Kevin good. Rooney for over a year. And boxing is still something. Oh. There. Um and then uh so to kind of answer the question uh a little bit more uh specifically, you know, I, I bounced around between some different things, but football was always the thing that I really uh really loved and enjoyed and I played football. In college at a, uh, at Hudson Valley Community College, and then transferred over from there to Santa Monica City College when I played, um, or when I decided to move to California. And when I moved to California um, and played at Santa Monica City College, I played with Chad Ocho Cinco and uh, oh, cool. and Steve's and Steve Smith. They were both uh, on the team with me. So oh, again, nice. learning a lot of valuable lessons of. You know, I'm good at stuff, but I'm not the greatest at stuff. When I look yeah. at other people, I'm kind of like, you know, taking a step back and saying, holy shit, man, these guys are, these guys are different than me. You know what I mean? When, I've, when I wrestled with John Cena or um, played football with Chad Johnson or Steve Smith or just any of these things I've encountered in my life or even lifted with someone like Ed Cohn, you take a step back, and you say to yourself, holy shit, like you're definitely jealous of the person in some way, envious of them in some way. But you also recognize that's not me. I'm not willing to pay what that costs to be anything like that person. And even if I did buy into it and invest in it and try to become something similar to that person, I really realistically have no shot. Right. And in bodybuilding, it happens quite a bit. Where all of us on this call right now can recognize we have absolutely no ability to be Phil Heath no. or to be Brian Shaw. But for some reason, when it comes to lifting and you see somebody like Larry Wheels or you see yep. someone like Matt Wenning, we somehow feel compelled to strive for that, sure. even though it's not even in the realm of possibility for us to ever be anywhere near.
1: No, right.
2: uh, now, that doesn't mean you put your hands up and you give up on no, stuff. No, of course you still got to right. work yeah. hard you still got to build up your strengths you still got to build up your weaknesses
3: yeah i mean like i um, said on the so, uh, on the rogan podcast mark is you know just recently listening to that with uh, you and your brother and and, and yeah. joe is you know what you're saying is, is is really that that's learning though right and that's having that like you guys said to quote you is is the white, be- white belt mentality is this continuous learning right. and con- continuous um evolving to really recognize who you want to be and, and kind of give you the roadmap of how you're going to get there. Because, you know, I think just listening and obviously, you know, following you for many years is, you know, you've experienced a lot, you've tried a lot in terms of training, training styles, diets, and now it really, you know, from the outside looking in, it's just, it just seems like you're hitting your stride now, you know, with the continuous learning.
2: Yeah, I don't even think I'm close to scratching the surface even. I think there's still a lot more out there. And I think there's still a lot more things uh, that I can hit my stride with a lot more efficiently. And that's what I'm in search of. That's what I'm, that's what I'm wandering around for, basically. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people, uh, they try to put some, like, percentages into where they invest their time. And uh, it's preached so many times that you should work on your weakness But I I don't ever work on my weakness. I only only deal with my strengths because those are the things that make me flourish and those are the things that make me shine. If I was to work on my weak points, you know, I would look like uh, an old beat up penny. (laughs) But while I'm working on my strengths, I might look like a a shiny silver dollar. You know, I might shine and stick out.
0: That's the whole idea behind like the 80-20, you know, focus on the 20% of the things that get you the most return. I mean, Dan and I are the same here with our business. And even with your coaching, when we're working with athletes or your training. It's like, what's going to give me the most bang for my buck? That's what I'm going to focus my time on. That's what I'm going to spend my energy. And, uh, you know, and like, of course, there's always things that you, that like in the back of your head, you know, you need to work on. But it's like, you know, if I spend all, I can spend all day nitpicking the crap I'm not good at. You know what I mean, and then, but right. you know let's when focus like on the things when it that
2: comes I am. To take something like mobility, right? Sure. You're not ever going to stretch for half an hour. No,
0: it's never you, happening. You're <laughs> not.
2: You're not. You're know. You know, not, you're you know not me gonna, too well. Yeah, we already know that none of us are going to do it, right? No. Because it doesn't make us feel good. Because we're not any good at it. No, right. exactly. Um, I have always <laughs> said if, if we were to work on our weakness as foot, as uh, powerlifters. We would all go to the library instead of going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, coach, you know what I mean. Or,
3: no question. My, my coach I, in college told me, he said Goodman, the only All American team you ever gonna make is the worst stretching team in America. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I just yeah. warm up during Indy, you know, like I, it, right. being this tight keeps me healthy. <laughs> so then, so
2: then, so then, what do you do? You think to yourself, like, what am I doing right now? What I'm doing right now is walking while I'm talking to you guys. Yeah. Because, yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I might as well burn calories. It helps me think better. Sure. But throughout the day, I stretch. I yeah. will stretch on my couch. I'll do the Kelly Sturek couch stretch. I'll do, I'll stretch the hammies. I'll stretch a groin. I'm not going to sit there for 15, 20, 30 minutes just stretching and not doing anything else. I might be hanging out with my kids and I might be just hitting a pose and stretching and just trying to trying to move shit around. And I'm only doing it for three minutes at a time. Five minutes at a time. It's the same principle of the ten-minute walks. You know, anybody out there that wants to improve their life, hit up some ten-minute walks. It's great for your mind. I've been trying it's to do great f- for your diet.
0: I've been trying to do a half hour or an hour four times a week. I I have a little baby. Me and my wife just have a seven-month-old at home, so. As soon as I get home tonight, we throw the baby in the stroller and we'll hit the road and we'll go walk for yeah. an hour. You know, it's nice to get outside.
3: Mark, I got to be honest. You know, we have a six-week transformation contest going on right now. And, you know, we're real busy in the gym and whatnot. And, you know, the only thing I've changed um in the last three weeks is every night no matter what no matter what time we get home you know I've, I've gone with my wife 10 minutes either on the treadmill or outside every night after dinner we have not missed a single walk and you've definitely in helped to inspire that to never miss a day and uh you know we're over three weeks strong so i appreciate the inspiration for that yeah, one sure yeah
2: yeah i'm about to float into uh 365 days in a row of of training. And when you That's break awesome. things up into smaller jobs, they're not hard. Yeah. You know, um, think about moving, think about moving your house, right? Like what a freaking, what a crazy pain in the ass. That that is. Sucks, now yeah. think about now think about moving super training gym, you know, like yeah. there's so many mats and there's, I mean, there's 6,000 square feet of just, uh, those horse stall mats everywhere. There's, yeah. uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and hundreds of thousands of pounds, of shit to move but when we move it as a team and we have 40 people helping you have to work your ass off just to figure out where to give a hand <laughs> so my advice to everybody listening is break things up into smaller compartments you don't need a 20 minute stretching routine you need to try to stretch throughout the day whenever you have a half second if stretching is something you need to work on the 10 minute walks is the same principle there's there's not one person on this earth I don't care if it's the rock or the Pope or who it is. Anyone can engage in a 10-minute walk. As long as you're healthy enough to walk, you can do it. You can squeeze it in. You can make time for it. No
0: Absolutely. question. Well, Mark, that's a great segue. Let's talk a little bit about Let's get into the business stuff a little bit, Mark. So what was the point? You're powerlifting. You're at West Side. You're competing. You're one of the top powerlifters in the world for a while. Hey, you are a world record and American record holder, right? I'm looking at your numbers here. 2628 total. Uh, 1080 squat, 854 bench and a 766 deadlift. By all by all accounts, pretty serious numbers and a lot of work that it took to get there. What was the point in which you decided that a powerlifting you were going to make that a profession? And was there a point after that where you you know where you decided that you were going to turn strength training whether it was the creation of your gym or the 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 equipment that you're doing now into a real profession where was that point and how did that come about
2: the fun part about it all is that there there is no uh there is no like set point
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um i guess that's the weird thing about me is there's no there's no set point there's no exact plan um Everything just kind of happened over a period of time. If you go back and watch some of those old school videos, you'll see me wrapping my arms, wrapping my wrists, wrapping my elbows, my knees, yep. with all kinds of weird wraps and straps. And I was wearing compression cuff, you know, five or six years before I ever made one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wearing, you know, different things that I now sell years and years ago. Um, it just got to a point where people would ask me so much about it. I was like, well, I should just sell these things because they'll help people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's originally where kind of everything came from. I, You know, at some point you start making money and uh, you make a thousand bucks and you want to make two thousand bucks and you make ten thousand bucks and you want to make 50 and so on. Like it just
1: mm-hmm.
2: it keeps hopping over and over again. And you're like I want to be a millionaire. And then you uh, hopefully, you know, some of us be able to make some of those things work out to connect the dots to do that but once you do that you know i always ask people and then what mm-hmm. you know what what is it you're in search of because you're never going to find it if you don't know what it is uh you'll you'll sure as shit miss the target when you don't know what the target is yeah that's vision you know you have to yeah. have a you have to have an aiming point and luckily for me with the slingshot all those things kind of came together i had a like an epiphany, like a real vision was almost like, uh, somebody came down and showed me a movie of my life or something weird. And I don't really understand how some of it happened, but, uh, it's, it was my experience. My brother passed away. My brother, Mike died. He was had drug addiction issues. He was bipolar. Uh, all those things, uh, came together and ended up being a recipe for disaster. And, uh, when he passed, that's when everything kind of switched on. I don't know. I've heard other people talk about this before, but I've never heard about it from like a uh, scientific or physiological standpoint on sure. what happens. But there was definitely some sort of release in my brain where I literally just got smarter. <laughs> uh, I literally was just paying more attention to everything that was going on.
1: Sure.
2: And it was like a mental clarity um, I guess you can call it like an enlightenment in some way where I was like, wow, you know, life is pretty damn cool. Like I just accepted the fact that maybe, maybe I was doing this too hard. Maybe I wasn't doing this enough. Maybe I was self-centered. Maybe I was too fat. Maybe I was focused too much on strength. Just all these little things. When you dissect your day, just accept the fact maybe you drink too much coffee maybe you talk negatively about other people too often. It it doesn't have to be a complete change in your life, but I'm asking for small changes in your life. And I started just to kind of realize and recognize all these things. And I'm like, I'm not becoming the person that I want to be. And life is short. And my brother, he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be wealthy and famous, but I think that he didn't really understand what he was chasing. Right. Because I've been able to acquire some of that. And, uh, it 's fun, but that 's not where it 's at it's sure. in, it's in uh you know it's, it's more complicated than that it 's hard to really pinpoint
0: no i mean i I, uh, what I, it is. I i could say the same you know I felt a lot of that similar kind of feeling, so you know when, when i had when my son was born it 's like a light bulb goes off in your head, and like I had this you know overwhelming feeling of wanting to be a better person wanted to you know, reach out to my friends more, you know, talk to my mom, you know, patch up old relationships. And it's like, I, I don't know, maybe like for you, you, you lost somebody you love. You had this traumatic experience and it's like, you know, I could spend the rest of my life chasing things, chasing money, chasing fame, chasing, you know, stuff. Or, you know, you could you could do that and at the same time, still help a lot of people be a better person, add value to a lot of people's lives and stuff like that. And, that. and that's, you know, that's a way more, you know, maybe the money, maybe the money will be a tiny bit less, but you'll have a much more rewarding life,
2: you know. I'll give you like a visual. Like, think about like if you're literally, you know, walking and chasing after other people. Meanwhile, your family and everybody else is right behind you. Mm-hmm. You could simply stop, turn around and get a, get a hug, get a compliment. Yeah get whatever you need from your family but for some reason we're in search of other people and we're trying to get the gratification of whatever they're going to say to us whatever they're going to sure. do for us and it it doesn't work it doesn't fulfill the things that you think it's going to fulfill i did a seminar in front of 450 people at my gym the other day it was it was so much fun but who do i go who do i go celebrate that with you know yeah sure right do i uh you know, do I grab a hold of some Instagram chick that, that slides into the DM? You know, it
1: doesn't,
2: <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't make sense. That doesn't yeah. add up to what you think it's going to add up to because in the end, you could end up being somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger who's yep. tackled the world, who's done so many different things, but ends up with a uh, heart attack, ends up getting surgery, and who's by his side? Yeah. No, absolutely. Not his wife, his kids probably didn't even go to the hospital to visit. Him. I, I don't know his personal business, but yeah. you, you catch, you can't catch my drift. Like, yep. who's with that motherfucker after he's burned so many people over the years? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Great people
2: are not always good people, and being good is the very definition of being great. You cannot be great if you're not good first.
0: No question. So. So let's so let's look back at you know at let's talk a little bit about the business. You know, your big thing is obviously SD Strong, the slingshot. You were powerlifting, so obviously you have this niche and you know, in a sense you saw a need for better equipment and and since people you were you had you had obviously at that point you had achieved some level of success. You were at that point, you know, a world champion powerlifter, so you had this circle and When was the time when you went? What was the first thing you made, and like, were you just bringing it to gyms and letting people kind of try out your gear, or were you selling it at that point? Like, how did it how did it start to become a business?
2: Uh, Let's see. The first thing that I made was a compression cuff because uh, I competed in a USPF meet, and uh, I got permission and I got this thing checked to wear during the competition. Cause I had this crazy, crazy elbow pain going on when I'd squat. Um and so uh I had this uh um this this Velcro strap that I was using. It was basically a wrist wrap that I made. Um that was a kind of like the, my I guess my multi-purpose wrap was the first mm-hmm. thing I made. Anyway, wrapped up my elbow, I hit like an eight sixty-five squat, and I got red lighted, and they said you can't have velcro on your elbow. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that really helped me blast up that eight sixty-five squat. <laughs> you know, that was pretty, uh, pretty disappointing, but I was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm just going to make a, make a product. And so I had, uh, one of the guys in the gym, uh, just sew up, just sew up basically a knee wrap Mm -hmm. and created a compression cuff. So those were the first two things I was kind of tinkering with. And, uh, I was like rain, man. I had this room in my, um, in my house where I had all this power equipment, squat suits, bench shirts, lifting briefs, knee sleeves, wrist wraps, everything. I would buy all this stuff up or just accumulate it over the years. Didn't have a lot of money at the time, but I'd still, I loved kind of collecting it all. And, uh, I was a little rain man. Like with all this stuff, I would pull on it, and stretch it and, Lick it and sniff it, and put <laughs> <I could just> it <laughs> put it all, put it all on. Walk around the house. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get suited up. I honestly, cook breakfast. I honestly, would I would I would like wrap my knees together. You know, like hey, what does this do? Yeah. You know, uh, I'd wrap both elbows with a knee wrap and have it stretch across my chest. And I was like, oh, you get a kind of a spring from your. From the, your did chest. you have and your
0: gym at this time, Mark? Were you had super training gym already started?
2: Uh, super training gym started. You know, eleven years ago. So yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I did.
0: Okay. So did, um, and at that point, I mean, did you have like a, you know, a group of people where they like your test dummies and things like that? Like, hey, I got this new sleeve. Let's all try it out and stuff like like that in the gym.
2: I had a group of people that were dummies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had. Pe- I already had a little bit of a following because uh, I wrote for Elitefts.com. I was yep. under the name Jackass. Yep, I remember. Um, yeah, and so. I had my gym going already, but I still didn't have anything really going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't have money.
0: Um, what were you doing for money at that point? Like, where was the revenue coming from? Were you charging people for the gym at that point, or no, you never did?
2: No, I was I was charging people at the time. Okay. The gym was 125 a month, and that was kind of based off it being a specialty facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had specialized equipment and specialized uh, like programming and stuff, yep. but as, as we moved forward, I had to kind of change some of that because I just didn't have the time to commit to anybody. And I didn't really want to end up when somebody, when there's a money exchange, you end up working for other people. And so I, uh, I shut that down and I was like, I wanted to detach myself from this more and let the guys in the gym, um, kind of find their own path to, there's another part of it, but, uh, back to the products for a second, you know, I tore my pec several times over, uh, came up with a bunch of bad ideas that didn't work and then i made a kind of a crappy version of a slingshot was the first go of it and just like you guys said i kind of did you know release it out into some different gyms tried it out with my team um it wasn't what i wanted it to be it wasn't the material it wasn't like the um prototypes i made the prototypes i made were were fucking awesome but the uh what actually got made uh sucked which is which happens very a lot you know you trying to get something made overseas and, you know, it it never turns out the way that they claim it's going to turn out. Um, they'll even send you samples. And then when they go to make a thousand of them, they don't turn out the way you want. So a lot of trial and error there. Um, but I got my shit together on that, got that straightened out and then, uh, just started selling slingshots. And I, my first order of slingshots, I ordered 4,000 of them. I got some of the money funded by my parents at the time. My wife was working. Um, and then, so between that and the little bit of dough that was coming in from the gym and me working at, uh, a few different bars, like as a bouncer, um, I had, I had a little bit of money scraped together and then, uh, I had a friend who was going to invest in the slingshot, not, not invest, but just kind of front me money basically. And, uh, he dropped out last minute and it was a lot of money. I can't remember the exact amount, but I want to say it's like. 25 grand or something like that. It's kind of a lot. And, um, uh, he dropped out last minute. My manufacturer is looking for money and I was like, man, I, I thought, I thought I was going to give you guys half and then you'd ship it. And then I'd give you the other half. They're like, no, we need the other half to actually ship it. And I was like, shit. So I called my friend, uh, John Hennigan, who is a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a long time. And, uh, called him up, it was really awkward conversation because we're friends, but we ain't that good of friends.
0: Right, but I need to borrow (laughs) twenty grand. Right.
2: Yeah, so I asked him, I'm like, uh, my plan was to ask a few people for some money. Right. You know, and and at the time, you know, I knew John Cena really well and stuff. My brother and I got him into wrestling, but I never wanted John I always knew John was a special person, so I never wanted him to feel I never wanted him to feel I was chasing after him for anything like that. So I I didn't contact him. I talked to my other friend and we we start talking and he's like all right he's like well what do you need and I said uh I don't know I was like I need a couple thousand bucks and he's like well just just tell me how much and I was like 25,000 <laughs> I uh-huh. to say it all Yeah yeah, yeah I tried quick. to say it all <clears throat> yeah, yeah just yeah a little bit And uh so did he's he He's like hey man he goes he goes that's no sweat he's like I can I can get that to you he goes you know what mark he goes Twenty five grand to one person is a lot and to somebody else it's not. He's like, I have that kind of money right now, a lot of money's coming in. Uh it'll be at your doorstep tomorrow morning. I'll overnight it. It's a
1: good wow. friend. He
2: sent it he didn't ask he didn't ask any questions or anything. He was like he didn't ask for like any papers to be signed. He didn't wow. ask for part of it, he didn't ask for nothing. He was just like, I got you. No big deal. Now that's my view on money too, so you guys should expect yeah. a check from me.
0: That's a that's a that's a that's, no, that's a good a, friend though. He yeah. he believed but you know, that's a testament to you though, Mark. I mean he believed in you and he saw your passion. He, he knew that you were you were gonna make it right. happen,
3: you know. Is he a partner in that product today, Mark, or no?
2: No. No, I fuck that. I got no business partners. No
0: oh no, you pay, you <laughs> paid him back and that was that.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I never uh I always advise people figure out whatever way you can to not have a business partner. Um same okay, thing okay. happened with Super Training Jim. Sure uh one of our lifters big roy he used to lift with us he benched 900 pounds obviously it's in a bench shirt um really really strong guy and uh he just loved the gym and he's like i want to know how i can help and i said shit man i don't have any money i want to you know get a bigger spot and do this and do that and he's like well i can help you I, i do heating and air and i have tons of cash this time of year so he came in like the next day and gave me five grand. These these things are not, the reason why I'm mentioning sure. these things, they sound like they're luck, but they're not. No, they're, of course not. This is me explaining to people over and over again what I need, what I'm trying to do. It would be yes. like if one of you guys went to your friends and said, hey, man, you know what? I, I got a real problem with my food. I need you guys to help me, or even with your training. I want to train every day at 6 a.m frigging text me, make me accountable. Tell me to shoot you a video of me doing squats in the squat rack at six o'clock, whatever, whatever it is. That's kind of stuff I was doing to try to find support yeah. towards my goal. And people can be dicks and people can be mean, but if you explain to people what you're trying to do, oftentimes they want to be part of it. They want to help you
1: yeah.
2: all the way to the point. If you go to a restaurant and when you sit down, the first thing that you tell the waiter or waitress is, Hey, I'm on a special diet. I don't eat any carbs. They'll go out of your way, out of their way, to find stuff on the menu that'll help you. They're like, okay, we won't bring you bread. We know we, we, we know you don't want soda. You want water or iced tea. Yeah. They're already like on board with, uh, and then they ask questions a lot of times. Sure. Like, what is it you're doing? You know, what, what is this plan? Right, cause Without you're... a book, bam, we on carbs. There you go. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're empowering them to help. You know, that's really what you're doing. People want to be involved. Absolutely. Pe- people do love helping other people. Absolutely.
0: Right. It just, you, I sometimes, mean, in, in general. Sometimes you have to, you know, in a sense, you know, people get so caught up in their routine and the mundane of their routine that they, they forget about it, and you got to, like, almost, like, wake them up and give them a little, give them a little tap, you know what I mean, get yeah. them, you know, and, and help them and be the person that reminds them, hey, it's nice. It's, it's a good thing to be nice to people. <laughs> Don't everyone forget.
2: Is listening, everyone yeah. who's listening to this should listen up. Think about the text that you answer right away versus the one that you don't. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Think about that and think about how can you convince? I mean, life is about relationships. It's about convincing other people. It's about convincing other people to kind of be on your side, you know, in, in a sense. The more people that you have on your side, the stronger everything it is that you can do, whether it's you have a research paper that proves that this theory is this way. If everyone thinks you're a bag of shit, they're not going to fucking care what your science shows. Right? They're not going to care what your messages. They're going to be like, "That guy's a fucking dick. I don't care what he says."
0: that's the truth.
3: Mark, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, bigger, faster, stronger. And I know you said you had no uh, business partners, but how did you? You know, did you have any involvement in the production with your brother? or You just were featured in the movie, and you know, in terms of you know our, um, you know, just. You being in the public eye, obviously that was a huge eye opening experience for me just watching that movie and watching you guys both evolve from that point and obviously uh, go on to um, some other movies and, and obviously some other yeah. publications but you know can can you just explain a little bit about that and how it helped impact or negatively impact your career or your brother's career
2: i uh, I love to learn, so I sat down at the editing bay and watched them cut at least half the movie together. Um, it was an amazing experience for me. And you think about who's the leader who puts out more videos in fitness than me, you know, so it it ended up paying off for me a lot by sitting there watching what these guys were doing. When I started getting positions to hire some staff, hire some media, I didn't even know that I knew all this stuff. But it was almost like uh, I got a quick learning lesson in the matrix where some of our media would be like hey well, what do you want to do with this and i'd say hey let's do this over here do this this way and let's tag it this way and let's do it that way and let's do it that way and they'd kind of look at me like huh <laughs>
1: they're
2: like they're How'd like you know how, how do you kind of yeah, how do you kind of know it? my brother says it's like it's kind of in us just to, we're storytellers and coaches kind of in, in a sense that's sure. when you break us down it's kind of what we are but um i i learned a lot of that by watching what they were doing i obviously learned A ton of that in professional wrestling because professional wrestling is all about telling a story and uh you know you're you're telling a story good guy bad guy the uh good guy is always going to work hard he's always going to try to do things cleanly and the bad guy at every corner is going to do the wrong thing and cheat and uh you know that those you're trying to share a story like every time i do a podcast it's a show it's not a not a podcast it's it's a show it's time to kick it up a notch it's time to get people fired up sure and if i'm not fired up and excited about it i can't even do it so i learned a lot from uh being part of that and uh bigger stronger faster i don't think it really there's people who are like oh, he's on steroids but then other people usually jump on that person and they're like hey he's open about it he talked about it he he said his piece you know he said this is what i'm doing And at the time, it was revolutionary because nobody else was saying anything. Sure, everybody else was hiding behind their trainer gave it to them, and they thought it was flaxseed oil or whatever other, (laughs) whatever other lie they were trying. It was B
3: twelve. I mean, think about
2: yeah. Think about think about how ridiculous it is that one of the greatest athletes in the history of the United States, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, he never quit, he never resigned, he never retired. He was never fired. He was never released. He just fucking vanished. Yeah. in the thin air. Barry Bonds. You know? It, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's, that doesn't make any sense That's on anything. Crazy. It's not like, it's not like the giants re-signed him either and said, you know, sometimes they'll let you go and they'll sign you back. And so you can be re-released as, as whatever for hall of fame purposes, or even just, uh, for, for that, um, that, uh, Organizations, um, for them to just say, like, to claim you as a player because you played for their teams, sure. None of that, none of that should ever happen.
0: Right, and it's just a travesty. yeah, no, absolutely. Travis, they
2: never even found him guilty
3: of anything. Right, he right.
0: should be in the Hall of Fame because yeah, he was he going, he, to the you know, Hall the Hall fame, problem
3: right? is, is that he just, you know, like you said, he never owned it, you know, and and a lot of these guys that have, it's like, you know, they've uh. You know, cities and teams have almost, in a sense, rallied around him. Rallied
0: or. Look
2: at Andy Pennant. Andy
0: Pennant's like, yeah, I did HGH. And they're like, oh, okay, no problem. All right, thanks. Get back on the mound. (laughs) You know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I thought that, um, you know, he should have probably just told the truth because. Absolutely. What what he did was was more than likely, at least what it looks like. He looks like he took some shit towards the end of his career and. Mm Come on! How many people have taken shit at the end of their career? Yeah. I mean, we want to hold Jerry Rice and we want to hold Michael Jordan up on a pedestal, but those are some of the most competitive people this world's ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. There's just you know, I mean, it, there's
0: there's a high level. There's no reason. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to uh, to overrule the fact that they may have. Who knows what they've done or didn't yeah, do? Right. Sure.
0: So now you you create the slingshot. You have your gym, but the gym's not. You know, Jim's making a little bit of money. Was there now? How did you sell those first four thousand units? What were you doing? Like at that point, was there like an actual vision plan for the company? Did you have a marketing strategy? Did you have any sales strategies? How were you going to get those products into people's hands?
2: A name that comes right to right to my mind right now is Vinny Pazienza, Uh who has a quote, and he says it's. He said uh, his whole life. People told him it's not that simple, Vinny. And in the end, he realized that it was. I feel like I got the same realization. I did a Google. I used Google. You guys have Google?
1: Yep, of course.
2: Everybody listening probably has access to something called Google. I used Google at a Starbucks in Woodland, California, off of my iPad and iPhone. Everyone's got some sort of smartphone, I think. Sure. Everyone can hop on Wi-Fi at Starbucks. Didn't even buy coffee there because I usually didn't have any money. I typed in knee wrap manufacturers. (laughs) And and I found what I was looking for, and I was off to the races.
1: Hmm.
2: When I got those slingshots, you know, your asset is going to be attention. I've always kind of known how to get people's attention. Again, that pro wrestling background being a big factor sure. go watch some uh you want a lesson in pro wrestling go watch some macho man Randy savage oh that's
0: my favorite uh, that's my man
2: watch him do a promo and tell me that you know regardless of how ridiculous the fucking guy is tell me he's not grabbing your attention
1: oh yeah
2: or the ultimate warrior it's not making any sense but he's got your attention and so i i've known how to grab people's attention but even if you don't know how to grab people's attention i just did the simplest shit i ordered these up I was overly confident, which I think sometimes is important too. I was overly confident I was going to rifle through these 4,000 slingshots in 12 months without any problem, and I I actually did it. But all I did was take them, put them online, put them for sale, shoot videos. People want to make things so complicated. It's easy. You have a phone video it tell people what you're doing tell people what the message is if you don't have a following send it to somebody who does right. yeah. so friend, did you partner? Up, the did is. you
0: partner up with some other power lifters and people in the strength community that you knew like hey man like here's a bunch of slingshots use them in your gym take videos let me know what you think type of stuff so it was kind of like at a let's call it very organic where you were like hey i created this product I'm a powerlifter. At that obviously, now in the circle of powerlifting, you were well known and bigger, stronger, faster, right. I mean, you know, you know people knew who you are. So it's like, hey, I'm a powerlifter. This thing uh, you know, definitely help you with your injuries, help you with your bench press blah blah blah, and you got it out to people like just just doing it on your own and shooting your own videos and stuff.
2: The more I know people, the more I hate them. So <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't do a ton of that because okay. I've been in the powerlifting world for a long time already at that point. And uh you get jaded. Sure. And it's not it's not powerlifting's fault. It's uh the fault of anything that you're in for too long. You of get course. too close to it and it gets to be annoying. So I uh I recognize that most of the power lifters I was dealing with um or running into, they didn't I didn't feel like we were even remotely the same person. And so I didn't deal with a lot of those people because I didn't feel they were, they were good for what we were doing. Um, We have given out literally millions of dollars of products for free, but it's very specific and it's uh, has very much to do with who the person is. Obviously, as we moved forward, we've sent more stuff out to power lifters and uh, things of that nature. But to, to spread the word, it was really like, Hey, this is a super training gym. This is the strongest gym in the West. This is where this product was made, and people were coming to us, so we didn 't mm-hmm. have to really outwardly chase after anybody. Stan Effording came to the gym um, and a lot a lot of other uh, Eric Spoto mm-hmm. I mean the, the, the uh, world record in raw bench pressing was stuck for about eight years it 's held by Scott Mendelssohn and when the slingshot came around it 's no coincidence in my opinion that the record was quickly broken, broken more than once, broken twice, and two guys that both have used to utilize the slingshot, Eric Spoto and Kirill Serkev, who uh, both of them broke the record in gangster wrist wraps, and both of them uh, broke the record with the usage of the slingshot. Now, could they have done it without it? Sure, I'm sure they could have, but the slingshot – Allows you to overload, gives you confidence with those bigger weights, yep. and maybe that was the only thing that was holding some of these individuals back—is they just maybe thought that they could never do it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, when I look at the, you know, the simplicity of it, you know, just like everybody, when you see an invention that's like simple and effective, I'm like, shit, why the hell did I think of that? Damn it, Mark, how, many the, how
3: fast did they, yep. How fast did the first four thousand sell out? You got them all out in a year, you said, right?
2: Yeah, it was about it was about a year. Um, there was uh, a little a little uh, error made smaller ones I made were pretty much too small for anybody. So mm-hmm. those actually never even sold. Like we sold. We basically gave out quite a few of those to kind of smaller athletes and kids and stuff. But it's just I don't you know. I didn't I got the measuring wrong on that. So yep, right. Uh, I was maybe 500 of the 4,000 where, where are you at
3: uh, total sales ever on the slingshot? Where are you at now?
2: Yeah. You know, I don't really have a, uh, a good idea of where that's at, but basically, you know, we went from selling stuff in our garage, my wife and I to uh, and we were selling, you know, I don't know, three items at a time, five items at a time. A, A big day for us was to have 10. And we'd go out and celebrate and have some wine and hang out and
0: <laughs> get all excited.
2: We were, yeah, we were, we were having a blast because I know we would look at like the money. It, yeah. yeah. We'd look at the money, come in and, and I wasn't quote unquote working because I had an invention. And so right the invention was just kind of off and running. And like, I was like, man, this is, this is amazing. Just 500 bucks came in or 800 bucks came in and, and uh, I had a neighbor <clears throat> you know, my neighbor, when I first moved in, I told him, I said, Hey, just like I said earlier, you got to tell people what it is you're doing. And so, and by the way, I fucking hate talking to people a lot of times. So (laughs) it's not easy for me, but I think I recognize it as being important. And so I, uh, I go over to him. I say, Hey, I'm Mark Bell. I just moved in right here. And he's like, Oh, okay. He's like, yeah. He's like, I see you and your wife out here. Sometimes you get those, those uh, boxes that look like there's a bunch of drugs in there. And I said, I said, I wish, I wish we were moving drugs. We'd be making a lot of money. And uh, he's like, well, he's like, well, what do you got? I said, well, I'm an inventor. I created this product and uh, I'm in the powerlifting world and, you know, we're getting the word out and spreading these things around. And he goes, Oh, he goes, if you ever need any help, he's like, I do logistics. Oh, cool. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, he said, he does shipping and receiving and things like that. I was like, yeah, you know what? We kind of mess that up sometimes. We could use your help. So we consulted with him a little bit, had him over the house, talked to him here and there. And uh, my wife was like, ah, oh, we, we got it under control. Like we don't need, you know, we don't need to use anybody because we do such small, small amounts and stuff. And I, I was thinking the whole time, because this is always my plan, the business shouldn't reflect where your business is at now. It should reflect where you're going. I always sure. want things to be ahead. You know, I'm very competitive in that way. I always want things to be ahead of the curve uh, rather than us trying to catch up and, and and chase after the curve. And so
1: sure.
2: Um as we got talking to him a little bit more, uh we started doing 10 orders, 20 orders, 30 orders, and then we started messing them up here and there. Um and then uh from that point it was uh very obvious that we needed his help and so my wife uh Got, grabbed a meeting with them, and then we were off to the races. And, and now there's hundreds, hundreds of orders yeah. every single day.
0: Wow, that's amazing! So, and like, what now? So, as the company stands right now, you know, how does it work? It's grown so much in the last couple of years. Now, um, give me an idea of the company structure. How many employees do you have? Are you the CEO? Are you are you running the day to day? What does a typical day look like for you? you have a marketing team yeah you you said that you had a media you have a media crew and stuff so kind of give us an idea of how the company works today and how it's structured and what that means to you
2: yeah everything we do is in-house you know it's all internal um we obviously don't actually physically make and sew the slingshots together sure um but when it comes to anything that you see online uh any photos or any of the videos or uh any of the ideas and creations they all come uh internally and i would say 99 percent of it just comes from my big fat head i uh realized that it doesn't really work very well for me to have uh, a sounding board although i will ask on certain things maybe if i'm not sure about them you know um or for example i might say like I'll leave stuff in a certain area. So for example, I may say, uh, Hey, I got an idea for this new wrist wrap and everybody else will be like, okay. And then what? I'm like, I don't know. That's for you to decide. That's why I hired you. You know, but I have this idea in my head that I think is good, uh, that I think will make a difference. And so we have about 15 employees. Uh, my wife helps a lot with, uh, kind of overall management, and then we have a, uh, we have a GM um, and everything else from there is like, you know, people, if my, if my uh, employees are listening, they'll be sad. But everything from there is like kind of wishy-washy in terms of like, we don't really care what your title is. You just, right. you know, uh, you know, back to the old football saying of like, tackle the dude with the ball.
1: Yep.
2: You know, somebody's like, oh, that wasn't my assignment. It's like, it doesn't matter. They fucking scored six points. Right. against us on the team.
1: Sure.
2: You know, the point, the point the is still registered. It, it's not like the points count less because it wasn't your guy, you know? And so that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to create an environment that is like no other. I don't think you can't go to Nike and hang out with the owner of Nike. He's not going to spend five seconds with you. But when you come to super training gym, even people that come from the outside that aren't part of the show or, aren't part of some of the YouTube videos, I mean, I could end up, you know, helping fix somebody's deadlift or Filipino Thunder or Smokey can end up help program for one of these guys or give them advice on a certain way they should lift. So when people come in, um, like tomorrow we have George Lockhart coming in. Who's, uh, cool. yeah, highly touted, uh, UFC trainer and yeah, coach yeah, yeah. and yeah. helps top. all the top guys in yeah. the world along with celebrities and stuff. That's great Uh, helps him with weight management and all kinds of stuff. But when he comes in from the time he's there to the time he's leave, he's going to be asked, you want a cup of coffee, You want water, you want Gatorade, you want a protein bar, you want a protein shake? What do you need? You want a slingshot? Just, we're just going to be on top of him the whole time he's there because what we're trying to do is bring, bring people in and uh, make them feel really good about themselves. Like these people deserve it. No one else has given them credit anywhere. But I want them to leave there and think, holy shit, man, what a bunch of cool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God, so that was fucking about. fun.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that's our big thing here at Varsity House. Uh, it's all about the client experience. It's all about customer service. You over deliver on Fantastic. everything. Give people the best hour of their day is what we like to say. When people come here, I want them leaving feeling like, you know, rejuvenated, you know, inspired, you know, like they just, they just left an awesome party with their
3: friends, you know. Mark, what I is had your a guy? Right, go ahead.
2: I had a guy at the end of the seminar the other day, and this is a young kid. I'm actually surprised. You know, millennials get shit on a lot, but I'm uh, <laughs> actually surprised at um, how assertive they can be sometimes. Sure. This kid just came up to me and just gave it to me straight. He's like 20 years old. Um, <clears throat> he was pretty emotional about it too, but he basically just said, he's like, you know, we got so many people out there fighting over a penny and a dollar from this guy. And, this and that he's like i walked in the door you gave me a bag full of free stuff from bodybuilding.com quest and monster and from your own company and the seminar is free with ed cohn <laughs> jesse burdick stan efforting he's like it's just he goes it's absolutely amazing he goes and now i'm here talking
0: it's great He's like
2: you know you're just you're just giving 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 and i said i i don't know any other way that's the way i was kind of brought up you know my my dad's that way, my grandpa was that way and uh it makes you feel good but people don't you don't not doing it because you're trying to be a good person like you're never you never you know you should never have to try to be a good person you should just just shouldn't be a scumbag you should just yeah, be a good right. person period it's not like something like where it's like oh here I go I got to try to be a good person again because you want to always do something shitty yeah, it's just because that's just the way that's just the way things are and so for me with a lot of these things, it's not like I'm doing it to be humanitarian of the year. I understand what it brings me. I understand what it does for me, what it does for my family, what it does for my business. And in turn, what it does for every person involved in my business and their family.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah, we, we have a saying here, you know, you know like if, if what you do as an individual affects everyone, you know what I mean? So like as a crew, my all my coaches and staff, if one guy, you know, if one guy's a dick, That's affecting everybody's well being and And lifestyle too. You know what I mean. And everybody's, everybody, you're bringing everybody down with you. So, there's there's absolute truth to that. So, what's the vision, Mark? Like now, you got the equipment company. You're definitely one of the most popular brands in the business. Now you're selling tons of tons of product. Obviously, money's coming in. You're doing, you know, financially, you've turned things around for yourself. You're no longer you know, broke, as you said, you know what I mean? And, and, and things are going, okay, what's the vision for the company now? And what it's do you want to get out of it? What, the me head millionaire, <laughs> you know? So I so you're moving gyms, you you you, you got a huge warehouse now for, for, for your company. And, uh, what is the plan with the seminars? Are you guys planning on making it an all inclusive, like Mark Bell experience? People come in, they train, they do all those types of things, seminars and stuff.
2: The goal is to blow it out, man. The goal is to be a, uh, hundred million dollar a year company and just yeah. keep, wow. keep pushing and keep making more people aware of what we do. Yeah. There's so many people that have no idea who I am. There's so many people sure. that have no clue about a slingshot and how it can help them with push ups and bench press and dips. And there's so many people that have elbow tendonitis or knee tendonitis. They don't know how our sleeves and cuffs and things like that can really help them. And so I want to not only continue to put points up on the scoreboard for us, but I want to fucking rip the points down that any of our competitors have ever put up on the scoreboard. And I'd love nothing better than to see their flags waving high in the air for surrender, because that's that's the goal It's like I, I want people to retreat and back up and go, OK, I can't really fuck with that. Yeah, I, can't really, I so, can't really execute, I can't execute that in that way.
3: How does, um, you know, not to be super cliched again with another saying, but obviously another thing that we say on a weekly basis is to everybody's got to dream really big, but you have to aim really small and that comes with your daily structure. And, you know, how does that look normally on, a, on an everyday schedule for you when you show up to the gym and, you know, what's expected of you and what do you expect from yourself on a daily basis?
2: I'm in a pretty cool spot right now where a lot of the beginning part of my day is, uh, spent with my children. Um, a lot of my mid morning stuff is spent with myself. Uh, and I find that, uh, I can get really, uh, I'm pretty happy in general. Uh, I actually find it funny when people, like my staff thinks it's funny that people are intimidated by me because I'm a huge jerk off. I just, I'm always kind of messing around more so than anything else. And, uh, but my yeah middle of my day is with myself and I just work on personal development. And that could be anything from me walking in complete silence or walking, listening to uh, music, podcasts. I get a lot out of uh, motivational videos that are on YouTube, even though they can be really corny and really cliche. I learn quite a bit from those um, because every once in a while there'll be a real gifted speaker on there. I'll learn something from them. Sure. And I'll kind of put my own twist on some of the words that they're saying and think about how it relates back to me. Um, but I also take notes on that stuff like I'm a student. I feel like because of because of the things that happened to me in school, because I wasn't uh, smart enough, I guess you'd say to keep up with a lot of the other kids when it came to reading and math, I fell behind quite a bit. And so I feel like you know now for the first time, I'm really uh, educating myself. You know, I've heard people say before, uh, never allow education to get in the way of your knowledge. And uh, I really feel that that happened to me as a kid. Uh, I feel like I at some point bought into what was said about me, you know, like um, people say you're the fat kid or people say that you eat a lot. Next thing you know, every time it's time to eat pizza, you're mowing down more than everybody else because that's what that's what people think you are. True. You're not what you think you are. You're not what other people think you are. You are the byproduct of what you think other people think you are. Exactly. As yeah. weird as that is, that's a hard one to swallow. But that was said by somebody much smarter than me. It's a modern day philosopher that said that. But yeah, we posted that today. It, yeah. It's 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 the it's the truth. And I think that we need to try to stop worrying so much about what others think. If you wanna make a post, post it up. You know, if you want to post up something silly something funny something off the wall try not to think oh how's everybody going to respond to this i mean you do want to be strategic sure and there are times where you want to say oh yeah it'd be cool if like more people engage in this but shouldn't be so overly concerned with that causes a lot of stress we're more stressed and more depressed than ever in our lives and to think that that comes from social media is crazy because the lives that we live, the, the lives that we're living right now, uh, are, are amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it really is truly unbelievable. Yeah. We're, if, we're you really on, if,
0: if you look on Instagram, everybody's driving Bentleys, everybody's on vacation, <laughs> everybody's got Gucci, Gucci watches, they're getting Gucci flip flops. Even, even,
2: even aside from that, even aside <laughs> from people not being transparent, yeah and not probably sharing the exact truth, they are still somewhere doing nothing. Absolutely. (laughs) Which is a blessing. Like, we're not worried. I mean, there's more and more shit going on all the time with terrorism and with people fucking running each each other other over with cars and all kinds of school shootings and crazy bullshit going on, right? But in general, hundreds of thousands of us are still kind of sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing except for just uh, scrolling through our instagram and a lot of us are grumpy and developing a lot of anxiety over it which doesn't it really doesn't make sense but it goes back to what i say all the time the more that you do the more that you can do Mm -hmm. and the more that you do the more that you can become the less that you do the less that you want to do sure we've all had those days where we just sit on the couch Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, You're like not it. motivated. To, yeah, you're not motivated to do anything.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's human when, nature when to scale down to the level of,
2: yeah, you know, kind of effort habits. that you're putting into it's, things, it's you all know, about what I mean, habits. for
0: sure. So you mentioned yeah, you, called, men, you mentioned talking about, you know, the revenue and wanting to be a 100 million dollar company. Can you talk to me a little bit about revenue now? What does that look like? What are some of the revenue streams? Is it all products now at this point and it's all the 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 gear that you're selling or do you have any other 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 revenue streams for uh, uh let's call it mark bell and the brand that is st strong and such
2: yeah right now it's all product based it's all slingshots and knee sleeves and shirts and things like that um we're scaling up our apparel uh because i think ultimately that will make a big difference even though everyone's got an apparel line
1: mm-hmm.
2: um i think that uh a lot of what you see right now um will probably continue to grow where there's just kind of more and more sharks in the water. There's more and more people sure. podcasting. There's more and more people with eBooks and things like that. Like that'll continue to grow. But in 10 years from now, it'll also continue to waver. People have to move on to do other things. Sure. This company's going to be here for a really long time. And, uh, we don't have any signs of, uh, letting off the gas pedal. So for now it's, it's product based, but uh, it also probably turn into a little bit more content based, which mm-hmm. will be interesting because, uh, We do so many things for free, um, but I'm also considering right now doing some webinar type stuff, which will be different. And I think the audience will get this, is that I can sit there and talk to you about the War on Carbs via my live Instagram, um, through my regular Instagram, through Facebook, through all these different ways, but it's not the same as me delivering a very clear and concise message that's intended to educate you so much that you can then turn around and educate the next person behind you, you know? Sure. So those are some things that we're looking into. Um, I just, uh, every step I take, I take it slowly and try to make sure, uh, it's the right move. Um, we've never, we've never really took on, uh, huge, huge investors. We've never, um, I've never taken a loan from the bank. I've never done, I've never done anything where I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Anything that I'm not so sure of, we just, we just usually don't do. Or we might circle back to it when we're ready for it and say, right. oh, okay, well, maybe we'll do that five years from now.
3: Right. How about in terms of uh, sponsorships and uh, monetizing You know, your own podcast and your own YouTube channel? Do you guys rely on that as a company as well or, or not really?
2: Um, yeah, we don't, uh, for a long time, we didn't monetize any of that stuff um, just because I, I kind of hated it. <laughs> You know, I. Uh, you know, sometimes some of the things you do as an owner is just because like you like it or don't like it. Sometimes it comes down to that.
1: Yeah, sure. In absolutely.
2: the beginning, when I first started the company, we didn't have any shipping because I'm like I hate shipping, and then they told me, "Look, this doesn't make any sense. Can't really,
0: can't really <laughs> you can't do it sell this products way. with no shipping." Yeah. Hey,
2: and then Amazon came along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- proved differently, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what I did was um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors that people just they just don't have any they have zero grasp of and i and i kind of like that but um there's a lot of things i do for our staff uh that that there's a there's a reason why people are hanging out there at 6:30 uh at night doing doing work when they were supposed to go home at 4:30 on a fucking friday and uh it's because a lot of the things i've done behind the behind closed doors to sure. Uh, make them feel better about their job, help them monetize, help them grow, help them better better understand the industry we're in, all those kinds of things. But nice. one of the things we did was uh, we did turn on the ads for some of our videos, and then uh, my uh, media staff they just share they share that amongst they share that amongst each other. I have nothing to do with that.
1: Nice.
0: That's awesome. And so it
2: gives it gives them incentive to make a better video.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Sure. Now are you shooting videos every day? You have stuff going on every day there? Do we pretty much Holy like, fuck,
2: say- man. Yeah, there's a lot, man. Huh? I you know, I used to be heavily involved in that. Now I just like work out or do something and I almost forget that they are even filming sometimes and uh, now, it's these me, are all for the
0: website, or for the Instagram, or a little bit of everything. They're shooting videos it's for all, it's everything? all for
2: it's all for it's all mainly for YouTube for YouTube. Um, okay, that's kind of why these guys were hired. They were hired for YouTube okay. specifically. Um, but then, what happened is a lot of a lot of my staff uses them for a lot of other things, like product photos. Um,
0: right, sure, sure, sure.
2: You know, little short commercial clips and stuff, which yep. which is great. I mean, we need we need all that. Yep. But I, I'm obsessed with you. I like YouTube. Is, a lot. is that so, your
0: main marketing outlet? Is YouTube that's your that's your personal your favorite outlet for social media and stuff like that?
2: that that's connected? my favorite outlet. But yeah. the numbers show uh, uh, a lot comes off of our Instagram, yep. and a lot comes off of our email marketing. Sure, those sure. are those are two uh, really huge home runs. Um, what, do, say, what do you though, do?
0: What do you do to build your email list, Mark? Do you have opt-ins on your website, and obviously people who buy stuff from you, you collect emails and stuff like that from them. And uh, how does how does it work in terms of email collection and growing that yeah, list? Yeah, very
2: yeah, very simple strategies. You see people do it quite a bit. You can do giveaways and things like that, or just trying to give information. Yep. Like let's say, let's say you wanted to, uh, you know, get more people on an email list. Maybe you would say. Hey, you know, these are three tips I've learned over the years for bench pressing. Sure. And uh, hey, if you want to know more, if you want to know my top twenty tips, which include my my three favorite exercises and so on, you know, please go to my website and uh, and subscribe, you know, and subscribe, yep. and then they they buy into that and sure. you know that's how you get it, and then you end up getting uh, sales off of that. And you know, some people who are like, man, I don't want to be attached. I, like I'm like that. I don't want to be attached to anything. But what we try to do with that is we try to actually legitimately give you information sure. um, right. instead of always making a sale. So a lot of those things, uh, we get, there's a lot of strategy that goes behind it. And there's people that are way smarter than me that can talk a lot further upon it. But basically, you go on my website, you scroll through it. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we have apps and things like that will, that will capture your information. Sure. And we'll say, hey, you know, we noticed you were checking out the slingshot. Uh, you know, hopefully you get a chance to purchase it. Maybe the next time you get hit with another email,
1: yep.
2: you know, that says something else or or however however it might work. Sure. Um, sure. Sometimes even uh, somebody who purchased something, you start to learn about the way they purchase, and you say, hey, we learned the notice you got Keto Pro last time. You haven't ordered it in a while. Uh, tell us how you liked or not or didn't like the product, and then it gives us more information to make ourselves better um maybe maybe you say hey would you like to try to free sample of this new thing that we have coming out whatever it may be there's a lot a lot of strategies that can go into that
0: are you you doing that through facebook and like i know like facebook has like a lot of that stuff you have like you know uh uh, let's call them pixels and things like that embedded you know so you can capture an ip addresses and stuff
2: yeah we don't we don't have uh we don't have everything in place that needs to be in place, and that's what's so exciting.
0: Nobody does, neither um, do we. Nobody, no, nobody. You know what I mean? It's like this.
2: Yeah. And you yeah, think there's, how, there's, how well
0: you're doing, then you know there's only only room for improvement, obviously.
2: Right, right. There's there's um, there's always room to grow. You know, I, I think yeah. if you if you believe, if you truly believe that everything can get better all the time, uh, I think that's a great gift that you have in life because. You can simply do the things that are hard until they're not hard anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, lift, like, uh, let's say lifting with excruciating pain in your squatting with excruciating pain in your knee. Well, if you've never done it before, you're like, man, I'm out. Like, dude, sorry guys. Sure. Can't, can't train with you today. If you've done it before then you just fucking wrap up your leg and you don't even say a word to anybody about anything.
1: Right. just do it. <laughs> That's big money. <Mike.
2: laughs> yeah. And you just, yeah. and you just smash on it. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of these things are about life experiences, and you know, for me, you know, trying to learn all of what's going on in the digital world is yeah, yeah, it's tough. Absolutely, it's tough.
0: It's a lot. It's changing so fast. It's ever too. changing. We have we have Trevor. Trevor's our media guy, and and you know, as fast as a new technology, as fast as we master a new technology, five new ones come out, and it's like you got to always be on the move and staying on top. I really, of
2: stuff. Uh, I really like YouTube a lot because yeah. you can't hide. Yep. You know, you can't hide and you can't get away with not talking. Yes. On IG, you can make posts and you can look yes, good. Yes,
0: of course, of course.
2: And, uh, you know, you can say attack the day and you can have big arms and people get all excited.
0: Well, you're naturally good at it, man. You're great in front of the camera and obviously all the promo days back in wrestling, uh, you know, getting up there and just being wild and crazy and kind of putting yourself out there in a, let's call it an outlandish, you know, fashion and, not, and being self-deprecating and just like, you know, being yourself is is seems very easy for you, so it's you know it's it seems like a a great media for you personally. You yeah, know. and it
2: and it was uh, actually very hard, you know, yeah. to get started. I mean, all you got to do is scroll through my super my super training oh six YouTube channel, and you'll see, watch some of the old videos when I first started. I'm like, hey, like I don't have much to say, you know, and I just. <laughs> I just start talking there's not really a lot of enthusiasm yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no hype sure. there's no uh twisting of the hat there's no rap there's no sunglasses there's uh none of the little extra flair I would sure. throw on things to try to get people to listen about no escalates things that are hard to do like like yeah no escalates so, trying to get people to listen about like lifting you know so,
0: so let's talk about like how you set this stuff up mark so like you know do you and your I team I want
2: uh, one, one more ahead. thing yeah, on sure. that is uh not everything you record needs to be seen anywhere sure You know, so go to a park and record yourself talking to the phone. Uh, If you want to be an expert in conditioning and and you're somebody that likes to run, uh, then grab the phone. Everyone's got a phone, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Record yourself talking about it, whatever it is that you feel you have to share. Maybe you're addicted to something and you want to talk about that. It doesn't matter what it is. Just talk. Watch the video later and go, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'll never release that to anybody. That's yeah. fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, course,
0: don't,
2: don't delete it. Just leave it on there. It's practice. Shoot, shoot another one some other time or maybe think about how you can make it better pretty yeah.
3: simple dan, dan I, I filled agree. himself in the no, car that's what i did i mean i saw i saw all you guys like doing these first person videos in your car and i'm like man you know we, we started doing you know started to do some uh, guest spots and other people's seminars and then we started doing our own with business of strength and you know we started about uh 16 months ago and we've had you know we've had quite a few people come through and i remember telling joe and the guy's like man like you know, I could talk to people on the gym floor. I could coach 50, 50 guys at a time. But just being in front of a room of people, I got, like, a lot of anxiety about it. And yeah, uh, yeah. I really did, you know. And I was like, holy shit, how am I going to do this? I better mem- memorize my speech here. So, you know, right. every night I'd drive home and I would be filming myself. And I remember like people I'd be driving down PIP, people would be looking at me, I'm like talking and, and animated, animated talking. in the car going. People <laughs> were like, Who the fuck is this freak? And I'm like, That's you know, great. who's he I, talking to? And I, and I just did it and I did it and I kept doing it and practicing. And uh then I'd force my brother, my wife to watch me do it. And you know, then when when I when I actually did it in front of a room, I was like, Wow, like that was a joke. Like I felt yeah. like I had done it a thousand times before. And uh, you know, I know people thought I was crazy for doing that, but um you know, I really agree, and I'm really glad that you brought that up to just do that and and start doing it because it it it, it has to happen. If it's you know that was a weakness that I knew we're, that I needed to address. We're in the address. media
0: age. Yeah, I mean, so. if you if as a company, if you own a business, you have to. You have to put yourself out. People want more than ever, and I hate that I'm not bashing on the millennials, but that era that, you know, the 20 to 30 year olds now, they want to connect with people. They want to feel a vibe. They want to get to know people. It's like, you know, that's just how the world is. It is a social world at this point, you know, gone right. are the days of, you know, putting a, you know, $5,000 ad for the slingshot in the back of a paper, like that's at the back of a magazine that, that does nothing anymore. You know what I mean? No. So.
2: Yeah, another so, thing that can be valuable is when you do talk in front of people. Uh, like something I share with people as I show my notes and my notes are totally blank because I don't have anything. And I tell people (laughs) the more that you have to remember, the more that you're going to forget. And so I usually just start talking, but if you struggle with that, then a really simple, easy, uh, tip is just to kind of think of the questions that you get asked on whatever topic it is that you're going to speak upon. So if you're going to talk about squats, what do people always ask? How do I prevent my knees from shooting in? How do I prevent my back from rounding? When I shoot up out of the hole, how do I prevent my butt from coming up first? Hmm. You know, so then you have fifteen like that'll take you ten minutes to talk about just right. that, you know. So
3: your solution you selling can, at that
0: point. Yeah, sure. Sure.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So what I was gonna say before was like, you know, in terms of structure, like how do you how do you and your team come up with this stuff? Do you guys sit down, have weekly meetings, you know, quarterly meetings, things like that? Like what are the sales objectives, what are the marketing objectives? Hey, we're gonna shoot these ten videos like how do, how does how does it all work on the back end of structure, Mark? and how are you in a sense setting up your week? Do you have like a weekly team meeting and stuff like that?
2: uh we do have a team meeting which encompasses everybody
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, all the way to people that run our store at mm-hmm. the gym uh, all the way through to people that help run the website uh to our shipping and receiving everything's under one roof right now, so it works out really well. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll all get together and we'll have some conversations, but it's not really about, uh, I'd say like a really small percentage of it is devoted to like, how do we get more sales or how do we, you know, there might be some troubleshooting, like customer service may say, sure. Hey, like people are really con- confused about knee sleep size and we'll say, okay, let's shoot a video. That's the easiest way mm-hmm. to convey a message in a short period of time. Boom. Done. Okay uh you know next topic kind of thing but um yep. i would say that uh when it comes to like the media side of things or promotional side of things um that that's probably gets talked about the least um and partly because everything just happens at super training gym anyway yeah, and sure. it's just like just turn the camera on like it's all happening so for example uh one of our lifters Jessica Smith she was doing some deadlifts a few days ago and she was going for a heavy deadlift and uh, she put on um, our compression cup on her knee. She ended up getting a deadlift PR for the day. And she, we, we didn't really film that particular one. I mean, we got video of it, but we didn't say like, Hey, I put the compression cuff on because my knee hurt, right. but that's just an example. We could easily do that.
0: Right. You have, you have and, and the that, live, live action, you know, in a sense footage. Yeah, all the time. It just
2: kind of, it just kind of happens there all the time. Hmm. Somebody uh, hurts their pack. They're trying to rehab and boom, they are using the slingshot. And so yeah. the media has been coached and taught yelled at for the last two years straight, <laughs> basically on kind of how you know, I I would just scratch my head and be like, how did you guys miss this? I don't understand. Like this just happened. And, uh, they're like, well, we just don't know it. And, you know, kind of made me take a step back and realize, Hey, yeah, I didn't really specifically tell you that. So how would you know it? And that's something else I learned from wrestling was, you know, don't think people are stupid. Just, uh, just realize maybe they didn't learn it yet or maybe they didn't learn it the way that you did
0: yeah we we had a similar thing here we mean we have we've had photographers and videographers come here and they're shooting all sorts of crap we're like there's a guy down there squatting 700 pounds and like oh i don't even know like i don't even you know and they just they're just not they're not in the realm that they would be looking for shit like that you know what i mean they don't even know yeah
2: and and uh you can explain it to them really easy to say hey when the music gets really loud and you hear some yelling <laughs> and you see that there's a lot more weight on rather than a lot less weight on
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Then, go uh, realize that's, go stand over there exactly yeah spot. so realize yeah it's a good time to uh yeah head towards whatever the action is that's going on so what's
0: going on with the gym now are you moving the gym away from the from the uh uh equipment company or are you gonna keep it all under one roof
2: uh so we just moved um a couple weeks it's ago. Probably been, well, it's, it's probably been about, at this point, it's probably been like six or eight months, I think. Um, so, we're really getting the gym um, in, a, in a place where, you know, we're really getting the gym to a place where we really want it to be. It's it's really looking really good. We got the turf in there. Oh, so, you got the red ordered, turf, right? awesome. Yeah. We ordered up a bunch of bodybuilding equipment. We have a dividing curtain that divides up the gym between the product side and the gym side, you know, because I don't want people knowing like where I get everything from and all my personal business and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit. So people aren't allowed to kind of wander over on that side, uh, unless you're part of our staff, of course. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, we just ordered up a, a bunch of bodybuilding equipment, a bunch of, uh, boxing type stuff, some jujitsu mats, all kinds of different things. Try to make the gym fun too. We have a, um, cornhole. You're off the team corn cornhole uh thing that we play that has uh eggplants and peaches <laughs> as our as the bags that we throw nice. uh we got we have a, a shooting wall where we shoot uh bows and throw axes and knives and shit into Whoa. uh you know trying to tr- trying to create a cool we got to step fun. up our
0: game here man let me tell you we need it we need it we need to get i need a shooting wall
2: <laughs> yeah get i mean you know start out maybe get like a. um you got to try to put it somewhere where it's not annoying. They try to get something like a speed bag or like we a punching that. bag or something. Yeah. 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 You get, get a couple things like that. Maybe get a tennis, uh, a, um, a ping pong table, you know, like, uh, uh, just, uh, little stuff like that where you guys can just like fuck around. Cause what you'll find is you'll be playing ping pong back and forth. And someone would be like, Hey, did you, Hey, did you ever follow up with uh, bill about whatever? <laughs> and then course. sure enough, it's like, Oh shit, I forgot to. And then, a great idea will pop up or who the hell knows what will happen. Sure, I mean, all sure. kinds of cool shit can happen in that.
0: So, in so that are, you, are you, are you going to, is the gym going to become like a public gym or a paid gym, or are you going to keep it just for doing your private stuff, your seminars and things like that? Inviting invite only. The gym,
2: yeah. So the, so the, the super training gym is free and you can hit us up at a uh, super training at super training gym on Instagram. Real simple. Just uh, send us a message. It might take a while. You might have to send us several messages before you get through because we got a lot of people hitting us up, especially after I was on Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but, yeah, hit us up. Let us know you want to come. Maybe even put some comments on my uh, Instagram. Somebody will read it at some time. You just have to be a little persistent. But the gym's free. It's wide open. Uh, we suggest that people come on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. If you got some special circumstances, let us know about it, and you can train uh, during the, uh, the regular hours, but, uh, the gym on Saturday and Sunday, uh, is open to anybody that wants to come in from 10 o'clock until about one from 10 to one, 8:55 Riverside Parkway, suite 10, uh, West Sacramento, California. We don't, we don't make it complicated. Um, we, we, uh, it, it doesn't have to really necessarily be invite only. It's just that, uh, just the way the gym is i mean it it would be like if somebody invited me like if chuck liddell invited me into like his his mma gym i'd be like uh (laughs) right like it's it's just intimidating sure 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 that's kind of why there's a perception of uh that it's kind of an invital i mean we don't want people are there coaches there
0: like are people people being coached while you while they're there like if if i if me and dan come down to throw down one day Uh, Is are there coaches on the floor? Like, how does it work in terms of facilitating people?
2: You guys, there's no, you know, you guys, there's no hope for. I'm not a magician. (laughs) (laughs) There's no hope. A couple
0: old washed up me heads from Jersey. Come on,
2: that's right. (laughs) No, usually, uh, usually there's some people around to coach, but that would be something specific that you would want to kind of message us and and let us know uh, that that's sort of uh, you know something that you're looking for. But I mean, a lot of times, and the reason why we suggest people going on the weekend. I have a little bit more time on the weekend. My uh, daughter is 10. My son is 14 and uh, my wife and kids, they like to kind of chill on the weekend. Um, My son may have somebody over the house. My daughter might be hanging out at someone's house or whatever. My wife might be hanging out with her sister or whatever. So I got some time to fuck around on the weekend. A lot of times I'm in there uh, from about seven or eight o'clock in the morning until like three and uh, I'll, I'll help and run into a lot of people and their people are just, shocked or like i i don't understand how you're able to hang out here and help me but fucking cool that's awesome <laughs> yeah,
0: that's you awesome.
2: know we got to head
3: out there. yeah this weekend hopefully oh. we'll be able to rain on your brother's parade at gold's we're just yeah, gonna yeah, run yeah. up on them and start hitting the biceps <laughs> hit the biceps. Yeah, freaking
2: uh, sacramento is an hour is an hour flight so
3: change your flight? fucking flights
0: yeah 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 we'll be we'll be heading back out there soon so we'll have to uh you know double up for sure and come down and see you guys i want to check it out I remember, you know, reading about you guys and seeing you guys, you know, in, in on Elite FTS and reading about Super Training Gym years ago. So it's definitely been a, definitely a goal of mine, and uh, it's been awesome, Mark. This has been fantastic. You know, I I, lo- I really love the insight, the passion, and and really the organic nature in which you've grown the business. And just keep, you know, you're you're obviously the driving force behind it. A lot of the ideas come through you. Uh, you're still you're still obviously heavily involved, and and in control of a lot of the marketing and the relationship building and things like that um what's the future you know uh, you talked about the hundred million obviously as a financial goal but like what's the future of the company is it you know are you partnering with other people or are you are partnering with not with other partners but like i saw you you, yeah. you know you have some sponsored athletes and things like that you're obviously at every fitness you know conference you know what's the future for uh, for the brand what type of do you have any new products on the horizon and, other than the clothing yeah. line and stuff like that where's it going
2: yeah so like uh so some of the immediate future uh one is i have something called uh, the uh x sleeves extreme extreme sleeves that we made uh they'll be coming out pretty soon i don't want to let the cat out of the bag on exactly what those are just yet okay. but uh they're they're wild they uh they give you uh, quite a bit of more quite a bit more support uh than even our strong sleeves do, which uh mm. any of you that have worn those or tried sure to get those have, bad yeah. boys on, you know uh you know how uh how they give you a nice kick out of the bottom of your squat. Mm-hmm. Immediate future uh I'll be at Body Power in uh in the UK um this year. Um a lot of people have been super excited because I've never I've never done anything overseas before. I've never been to any of those events and uh, I'm also going to be doing a seminar at the event itself. So that'll be awesome. I'll also be popping into some of the powerlifting gyms in the area. Don't know which one's quite yet, but uh, I'll be doing that. Um, one of the goals with the uh, apparel line is to, um, you know, create create stuff that you can't normally get. You know, a lot of people are doing like private labeling or white labeling of uh, just uh, other people's stuff. They, they got vendors they can go to. And, uh, you know, they get a vendor, they take the sticker or whatever the label off and they put their own name on it. Uh, that's what most companies are sure. doing. But I want to start getting into um, kind of having proprietary fabrics and designs and stuff that are specifically for lifting. Um, other companies have uh, executed on that before, and it's not sure. uh, not necessarily uh, anything real revolutionary, but I just think it's important because what I want to sell people on is the technology. I want to sell people on the fact that when you get something from slingshot and from super training, it's going to be made of something different. And that's, that's the message that I try to share with people all the time is yourself. Be somebody, be made of something different. Don't be like other people. Don't talk like them. Don't walk like them. Don't train like them. Don't eat like them. Because for the most part, people are fat. They're out of shape. They're depressed. Their dicks don't work. And that's (laughs) no, no, no no way. Yes. It's no, it's no way to, no way to go through life. I mean, I just saw somebody today, Uh, I saw a woman walking out of a coffee shop and she was stuffing like, you know, some muffin in her face and she just had like tons of acne. And I'm like, and she was heavy too. And not to be like super judgmental or anything, but look, you are, that is the way you're judged. I'm like, man, this girl who's already heavy is stuffing her face with, but like, she also may not have that much knowledge. So rather than bash her and think that she's dumb or stupid or anything else, we're going to have to give that person that knowledge so they can try to obviously we do know that certain things are bad for us. We know that donuts are bad. You know, like we know certain things are a certain way. Um, but it's also, uh, it's a problem when you try to cast your values, uh, on somebody else, but I'm just sitting there thinking, man, this, this young girl doesn't know how beautiful she can become or what she could really truly become because she's probably not testing herself. I mean, it's just an, it's just an external guess, right? Yeah,
1: sure. But
2: I bet you if I sat down with her and talked to her more, I bet you a lot of these things would be true. You yeah. can judge a book by its cover more often than not. And it would be great, it would be fantastic if that person or if other people like that uh, had the idea in their head, hey, I could really mm-hmm. make, uh, the change that I want, if I tried some of these things, at least they're aware of it. You know, Maybe if I tried uh, the war on carbs or maybe yeah. if I tried a carnivore style diet, maybe it would help get rid of some of this body fat. Maybe it would help get rid of some of the toxins in my body. Maybe it would help get rid of acne or rash or whatever the hell it is that you're suffering from, depression, anxiety. I sure. think a lot of these things, heart disease, uh, a lot of these things can be cured um, by literally cured you know i know some people are scared to say that word but i'm not afraid to say it those things can be cured uh by because your diet is it's more it's more than just your macros and your micros and all this bullshit it it, it's uh it's your habits it would it's what ultimately ends up uh making up your character and something i noticed in the fitness industry that pisses me off is a lot of people will sell people on these programs and they'll say flexible dieting and this diet and that diet, and uh, yeah, go ahead and have carbs and go ahead and do this and do that. I'm not going to be the one to tell you that carbs are bad because they, the carbs can be used as a great weapon for strength, for athletics, uh, to support a lot of your performance goals. But most of us are too addicted to carbohydrates, and most of us are too fat to even earn the right to eat carbohydrates, so we can't control ourselves. Yeah. Everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody out there that's selling you a book, an ebook, or a program on fitness, almost all those people are skinny and they've always been skinny. So what do they know <laughs> Hell about? Yeah. Hell yeah! yeah Amen to the fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what do they know about like not being fat anymore? You know, they, right. they don't know Absolutely. a whole lot. Right.
0: No, I mean that's awesome, that's Mark. Awesome. Mark I, I love it. I love what you're doing. We love the brand. We're big supporters of, of the Slingshot here. We have a lot of your gear in our gym here. And uh, and use your stuff on a regular basis. We're super excited for you and your success. You seem like a real uh, uh, down to earth guy who just worked his ass off and and, and you know uh, wasn't afraid to fall on his face. Uh, my last question for you, Mark, is what's some advice for a young strength entrepreneur that wants to get into the strength game, whether it's you know fitness, powerlifting, bodybuilding, and and, and looks at you as an entrepreneur and says, man. You know, that guy's got it all. You know, what's some what's some advice that you could give to a young guy coming up and.
2: Um, you got You got to have a lot of uh, consistency, you know, um, and, and you just kind of hear people say that all the time uh, and you need a lot of perseverance. Um, you know, I didn't get on the Joe Rogan show by accident. It's not like Joe Rogan just like randomly uh, hit me up. Um, I'm in communication with him quite a bit. I'm in communication with people that may or may not always want to be in communication with me because I'm not, I'm not the rock or I'm not the president of the United States, or I'm not somebody that they maybe understand or, or hold in high regard just yet, because maybe they don't know who I am. And it's my job to consistently and constantly tell people over and over again, who I am. I went into a gym, uh, that's in, in my neck of the woods here. And, uh, I went in there and just said, Hey, I'm Mark Bell. I'm a local inventor. I got this product. It's called the Slingshot Push-Up. I'd like for your staff and some of the women that train here, I'd like for them to try it out for the day. They, hardly any of them had any idea who I was. I mean, there was like one or two you know, that knew who I was, but how are they going to ever know about this product unless I try to tell them about it? I don't have some uh, crazy marketing team or I don't have, uh, you know, we don't have like this multi-million dollar campaign to do some of these things. we're just, we're just doing it, you know, the way, yeah, we're just doing it the way that we, we know how to do it. And so you have, you have to be, um, you have to be in in front of it. You have to be in front of people and you have to continue to communicate. Last thing I'll share is that um, people need to get ahead of their day, you know? So I like to wake up early. Now you don't have to wake up at 4am like me, um, because maybe that doesn't fit or suit your lifestyle, but uh, you do have to figure out ways of getting ahead of the day. So if you are somebody that likes to sleep a little bit later or whatever, maybe you have to prep things <clears throat> for your next day, such as your clothes, such as uh, packing your lunch or your meals or whatever, whatever it may be, you might have to do a couple things to get ahead the next day. I see too many people fighting their life every single day from behind. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see people take a few steps towards, towards being ahead, being out in front. And that way, People will one day look at you and they'll shake, shake their head. Absolutely. This guy kind of, this, yeah, this guy kind of beats me in everything. This sucks. (laughs) You know, we all, we all know people that are like that. Like they could kick, they could kick your ass. They could steal your girlfriend or your wife. (laughs) They make more money than you. And you're just like, what the, you know, what is this guy's thing? But a lot of times those are people that have taken the opportunity to attack every day, like Stan Efferding or Michael Hearn. Those guys don't miss workouts. Those guys don't miss meals. They don't miss their sleep. It it has too much value for them. So figure out what's in your life that you value the most and fucking get to it. Mm
0: -hmm. Mark, that's awesome. That's a great place to call it quits. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. It was great to meet you. Great to have you on. And you're a a perfect example of someone who turned their passion into a real profession and, and is following their dream. Uh, We loved every second of it. It's awesome. Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark. It's uh, awesome. That was great. Mark, if you want to just stay on the line for a second, and then uh, we're going to end the show there, and then we'll just wrap it up. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, not a problem. It was fun.
1: The business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business. Be sure to visit us at www.strengthentrepreneurs.com to learn more. And as always, at varsityhousegym.com, become unstoppable.